0: Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our Soquel location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services.
1: You are invited. Hey, good morning, everyone. My name is Danny. If we haven't met those of you who Know me? it's good to see you. Good to see your faces this morning. Um, Welcome to Hope. And last week, we did share a big announcement. If you were here, you heard Tim and Chris share some news and a video from Jenny and I. But I also wanted to share a little bit with you guys about this big announcement. Why a name change? And I just thought it would be important to share with you a little bit about the history. A few years back, we planted Joe Gruber. Anybody remember Pastor Joe Gruber? We planted them. This church, we're not a big church. We, we raised over $80,000 to plant them, and, and we got partners to raise over $200,000 total to help plant Joe in Portland, Oregon. That's pretty awesome. Can we thank God for that? And part of that process was Joe was going to plant a Hope Church. Did you know that? He went to plant a Hope Church in Portland, and once he settled on the neighborhood there was already a, a, a small, aging Presbyterian congregation called Hope Church. And we knew we couldn't do that to them. So we cried, and we prayed, and the Lord gave them All City Church as a name. Isn't that cool? And they have a vision to plant churches all up and down the I-5 corridor in cities, which Santa Cruz is not. I love the name All City, but that doesn't really fit here, does it? but that was the beginning when i began to think man i the vision when we met with 22 people in our living room 12 and a half years ago chris and amy were there some other people were there as well that are still part of hope and we gathered together and i had this like crumpled up piece of paper the napkin vision and god had given us a vision for multiplication and so rather than trying to grow grow a big mega church which this is not a knock against mega church we they're they're awesome But our vision was, what if every time we max out, you know, 300 people or whatever, whatever, whatever we hit two services, what if we just planted a church instead of trying to go mega? And so we've done that. And that's how we ended up with the Scotts Valley location. Uh, 2017, that was birthed out of this church. And now we have Chad and Jillian up there who serve in Scotts Valley, and I'm going to run up there after this message and and speak with them as well. And they're part of this family. We get together at Church in the Park and uh, Christmas at the Rio, and we've had this one church in two locations. And then two years ago, the Lord called us alongside to partner with another church called the Coastlands in, in Aptos, and they've been around for 40 years, or almost 40 years, coming up. And so Chris and Amy and Tim and Nicole really stepped up to the plate Can we thank God for them? Can we just, they are total, total shredders at life and they're just awesome. They're I mean, and they're our dear friends. And so we meet up every month with Chris and Amy, Tim and Nicole, Chad and Jillian, Steve and Donna. Uh, we call that the, the senior leadership team, and we meet up every month, and we've been praying for two years, Lord, how does this work? We've been in this transition. Some of you might have felt the turbulence or awkwardness, kind of like you're in a cocoon, okay? We're in this transformation, moving from being one church in two locations to one church in three locations, and also kind of sensing from the Lord, maybe it's time for a new name because our vision is to multiply, and so we've been praying for the last two, two years about this together. And this is kind of like the boring side for people that don't really, like, care about the, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. But we actually are in a place where the last 100 years, the way Foursquare Church that we're a part of started by a woman in the 1920s, Amy Simple McPherson, total amazing person. Well, the way that we've been structured for 100 years no longer works with current banking laws And so we actually need, we're in the season right now where we need to, we're restructuring in accordance with what Foursquare is recommending. And so it requires creating a new nonprofit corporation, okay? So next week, we're inviting you to partner with us. And as a leadership team, we're asking that you would affirm this decision that we are moving to become one new church under a new name, Tradewinds Church. And the heart behind Tradewinds is that we believe that, in, you know, in life we've all been through this where you're just going against the wind, right? My wife and I were on our anniversary date and we were riding bikes from Seaside up to Monterey and we're, the whole way we are just going against the wind. And we stopped off and got lunch and we were coming back and we were just flying. And, and it's funny how, like, sometimes God will speak to you when you're not looking, right? You're praying, you're praying, praying, praying all the time about some specific thing, because we knew that God had spoken to us about a name change, but we didn't know what the name was, so that's super awkward. We're telling people, yeah, I feel like we're supposed to start change the name, and then people are like, what's it going to be? We don't know, because we felt like we needed like a Holy Spirit moment from God, right? And we're on this date, we're not thinking about, we're just hanging out, having fun, and we're riding our bikes, and we're just flying back with the wind, And we pull off at the harbor, and it was like tears streamed down our face as we just began to pray, Lord, we want to just move with the wind of your spirit. And there's a scripture in the Bible, it was the first sermon that Peter preached, and he said, repent then, sounds preachy, right? just means to change your mind. Are you open to change your mind? Repent then, turn to God, so that times of refreshing can come from the Lord. Who here wants those times of refreshing? We love those times. And that's how it felt that day when we were on that date. It felt like the Lord was just leading us into a season of being refreshed and just being in alignment with him. I texted my buddy who owns a sailing charter. I'm like, hey, what do you call it? I know, I know the technical term is broad reach, when which is a cool word too, right? When you're when you're in the right angle with the wind. But I text him like, what do you what's another word for that? And he texted back, trade wind sailing. And the trade winds are a global phenomenon that were birthed at the creation of the world. It's also where the Apostle Paul set sail on his first missionary journey. And these trade winds, they speak to the importing and exporting, which is the kind of church we want to be. We want to be a church, like you're invited. You're invited to come in, not just to sit in a chair, but we're inviting you in to do life together. And that's what the message is today. You are invited. Not just to be reached to say yes to Jesus, but the journey starts when you say yes, amen? And then you begin to be changed by the message and then you begin to carry, and as you come into the harbor, like many people are lost at sea, maybe some of you were there in life, right? And God called you in and I believe that we're called to create like a harbor here where people can come and if you have a leak in your boat, I've had that, it's not fun you don't want to be out at sea. If you you run out of gas, your motor runs out, you don't want to be out at sea, right? You want to be in the harbor. And that's where we can be restored. That's where we can get refilled. And so that's why we come here. That's why it's important that we gather on Sundays, right? This message series is kind of about why we gather. Acts 20, 20 says that they met publicly and house to house. So there's two different kinds of groups. Um, and you even see this with Jesus' is teaching, right? Feeding the 5,000, he's got the 5,000 there, But he says, he told them, gather in groups on the green grass. How many of you guys know we grow better in circles? But we also connect in these gatherings. There's people looking for hope, and we want to keep our doors open on a Sunday morning where people can come, have pancakes, and find hope. And so, in case you missed it, this is the big announcement. Hope in Scotts Valley, Soquel, and the coastlands are following the wind of the Holy Spirit on a new adventure as Winds Church. And our heart and our vision is that we can be united as one church in three locations, transforming our communities, bringing hope, restoration, and empowerment for people's lives. Amen? So that's my heart I want to share with you guys. And then there, you're going to hear these three words a lot. In fact, you might be sick of hearing these words already, but you're going to be sick of them some more because what are we called to do? And it's that picture of the harbor. Reach, restore, and release. Next week we'll talk about release because boats weren't made for the harbor. Boats were made for the adventure of reaching others, really. But what do we do in the harbor? We restore. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But my prayer is that each and every one of you would find yourself in one of these three places. Reach, restore, release release. Where are you at in that process? And if you're at the release, where do you see yourself helping others? Are you more gifted at helping others find Jesus or are you more gifted at helping others follow Jesus, right? And so we all have, a, a, we all have something to do in the harbor in helping restore others. And you're invited to pray. We're inviting you to serve, be involved, jump in the boat with us. It's a great time, great season to jump in. We're inviting you to give, not just of your time, but of your your, your talents, your abilities. Everybody's got their own superpower. We bring them together. and It's really cool. It's like a spiritual potluck. Um, share this vision. Tell other people. Tell them, tell you know, the exciting news. And then we're also inviting you to be part of this congregational vote next Sunday, where we're hoping that all three locations will affirm this decision that our leadership team is bringing to you to move forward. You are invited. And that's what the message is today. What are you invited to? I want to have you guys open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. And this is kind of the scripture that we're meditating on for this series of like, why do we, why do we keep doing this? Why do we show up here on Sundays? Is it just to like check a box in our week? Or is there something bigger happening? Is there something more that God has for us? I believe there's something more that God has for each and every one of you guys. And I'm so glad you're here. Let's look at this passage. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have this confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body. That was the curtain in the temple. So, back in the old days of the Old Testament, if you wanted to get to God, you had to go, go to the temple, and there was a curtain that separated the presence of God from the people, right? You had to be the holy people doing the holy things in the holy place if you were going to be in the presence of God. But when Jesus died, he tore that curtain. So it's saying when his body was broken, that separation is broken right there. through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, that's Jesus, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promises faithful And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So why do we gather? We gather because God is inviting us to his very presence. He's inviting us to be part of a community that's transforming lives. That's why we're here, and you're invited today to be part of that. Have you ever had a surprising invitation? So some of you guys know my wife and I love to surf. We're not pro, but we just, we just love it, you know, maybe 99% more than anybody else. We just love surfing. She was out there this morning surfing this really cool board that Frosty gave her. That, uh, that's a long story, but this super cool long board. She was out there surfing, and uh, we got invited a few years back, and really by the, my, because of my wife. My wife was part of a group of women that all got pregnant, and they were all surfers, and they all had babies at the same time. And so they did a surf movie called The uh, Super Stoked Surf Mamas of Pleasure Point. <laughs> and it went, it went around the world. It's like you can find it on uh, Amazon or whatever. It's out there. might even be on Netflix. Um, but we've had so many random people like text me like, dude, I saw your wife on this film. I'm, I'm in there. I kind of look like a kook. They made me look like a kook, but... It was all about the mamas. It's actually not that hard to make me look like a kook. It's pretty easy. But, um, so I kind of rode Jenny's coattails, and we got this invitation to go to Anglais, France, to the International Surf Film Festival. And, we're, and we got invited to come and stay right on the beach with Tom Curran, who if you don't know who Tom Curran is, just Google him later, okay, please. But um that was like the guy that I that was my surf idol when I was growing up. I had all the posters and magazines and before the internet, I was into Tom Curran. And he was there, Nat Young. Okay, you guys know Nat Young, but this is the guy that Nat Young was named after. The OG Nat Young from Australia. So we're there in France, we're staying in this hotel, and like, you got to take that invitation, right? We'd be dumb not to. So we're there. I'm there and hanging out. And I'm like, I'm having breakfast with Tom Curran and his wife. We're hanging out. I, like, I was actually kooking out on my car trying to put my boards on top. And Tom came to my my rescue, was helping. Like, this is, like, maybe the, one of the best surfers of all time. Like, this is who Kelly Slater would say, yeah, I look up to Tom Curran, okay? And he's helping me put boards on my car, you know? And I'm just like, we're not worthy. <laughs> you know? And then, and then we're hanging out. I think I have a photo. Oh, that's the, the, the photo for the Reach, Restore, Release. Um, OK, this is the O.G. Nat Young. Th- let me explain this to you. if you don't know surfing, this is the guy that started writing shorter boards. Everything was long boards. Nat Young started writing he started the shortboard revolution just by taking some inches off of his board and throwing throwing some turns off the top off the bottom off the top right anyways tom kern so i mean uh, nat young and here was the surprising invitation i'm standing there taking the photos and nat young started getting a little too friendly with my wife i'm not kidding and if he wasn't like in his 70s and if he didn't stand a chance if he you know if i i i, I just kind of thought i just kind of chuckled to myself and Kind of took it as a compliment, but he, d- he, didn't, he didn't cross the line, but he did kind of flirt with my wife a little bit. He, ga- he gave her an, a surprising invitation. That was pretty awkward. <laughs> I won't quote what he said. Back in Hawaii, if I met a girl like you. Okay, that's it. We'll stop there. <laughs> um, have you ever been surprised to be included in something? Today, I'm hoping that you will feel invited. L- look at this scripture. We're gonna, this is going to be our passage for today. From Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Okay, this is God speaking. So just as you're hearing this, I want you to take in the fact that, like, this is the author of creation. This is the God who spoke the world and the ocean and the stars into existence. And he gives an invitation to you and me. He says, "Come now and let us reason together," says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be they sh- shall be as wool. What's the significance that God speaks and says, "Come let us reason together"? Would you say that's an invitation to conversation? How crazy that the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, invites us to a conversation. Do you believe that God can be known? That he can be understood? That he can be reasoned with? To be heard and to, be, and, and to hear us? Like, who are we? to speak and have a conversation with the creator God, but he invites us to a conversation. This is the big idea today, you guys. You are invited to relationship that restores. You are invited to relationship that restores. God can be known, and it's in that knowing God that we are changed. One of the things that we said here back in the beginning at Hope was no perfect people allowed. Okay? That's pretty good, right? Um, Well, what started as before we came up with that language, the first thing we said was this. We promise to love you as is. That was like the first tagline of Hope Church. Why is that? It's because you can't really, you can't really experience transformation if you show up somewhere where you feel like you have to be fake and I think a lot of people feel like before they can go to church they got to get it together get it right and then come to, come to God which is religion right? Religion is man's attempt to get to God but Christianity is God's attempt to get to man right? That's the whole point last week we talked about how, how the gospel is that God didn't just stay in heaven but he came to us to reach us and he doesn't just leave us there, right? It's not just come as you are and stay that way. I think some people have maybe, maybe kind of tweaked it a little bit to like take the no perfect people allowed and maybe twisted that a little bit and made it to, to be come as you are and stay that way. That's not what God intended or we intended. But the purpose of that is come as you are so you can be transformed by the living God alive in you. That's how God wants to change this. Not get it together, behave, And then you can, if you believe all the right things, then you can belong. Right? God flips it on its head and he says, you belong to me. I'm coming for you. And it's in that belonging, that relationship, that we start to believe, you know what, maybe I'm, maybe... Maybe I am who God says I am. Maybe I am worthy to be called his child. Maybe I am dearly loved and holy because of Christ. And you begin to change what we believe. How many of you guys know, believe, then be. If you want to become something, you've got to start by believing it. Amen? We can be restored through knowing God, and that's how we become more like him, Is become is, is knowing him and not just trying harder and i think that's the picture of trade wind sailing too is like tr- try to try to ha- try harder and harder and harder if you can to go against the wind in the ocean good luck with that you know what i'm saying you can just paddle in your own little boat backwards against the wind and you're going to get nowhere but when you turn into the right alignment with your creator that's where it happens and that's how we're changed is, is through that transformation that happens when we align with God. What does restoration look like? And this is kind of like what happens, you know, at the end of the service we give that opportunity to say yes to Jesus. It's like life after the yes. That's when the journey begins, friends, right? What happens beyond the rescue? We're restored in relationship through Christ. We're brought close. We're restored in hope. He lifts our head and heals our brokenness? Do you believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he can still heal people? I believe that. Like, Call me crazy, but I believe that God can restore marriages, can restore lives that are broken, can, can free us from addictions. Like, just, not and not, not nothing that I'm saying or doing, but just being here in the presence of God can change your life forever, can transform you, can lift the heavy burden off of you right now. I believe that. And thirdly, that we're we're restored in purpose. He transforms and renews our purpose. Right? When God changed Peter's name, it was Simon, a fisherman, and then he changed his name to Peter to speak to the transformation and a renewed purpose. Right? God had a new purpose. Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And God is calling all of us to a new purpose. Look at this passage. This is like one of the anchoring scriptures of my life right here. Hebrews 6.19. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain, right? That speaks to the presence of God. That is our hope. Jesus is our hope not just trying harder to be a good person. If you've ever tried that, like me, you failed miserably, and you get nowhere. But when we allow Christ to be the anchor, to be our hope, he changes everything. How, do we do, how does this happen? It's nothing that you and I can do, but it's something that Jesus does. When you enter into the presence of Jesus, he restores you, because he is healer. He is restorer. He's coming to restore all things unto himself, right? If you read to the end of the book, that's what it's all about is God's restoring all things and we're right in the middle here and it says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let me just tell you, how, do, how does this happen? Three things. One, you gotta ask him, will you restore me? Two, you gotta allow him. Like that's why sometimes in worship, we gather and we put our hands out. Like that is so weird. They look like, cactus, a Joshua tree. Why are they doing that? Did somebody put a gun to your back, right? And the whole thing is like, no, it's like, it's a posture of surrender. We come before God willing to let him change our minds, our hearts, and be open for what he has for us. That's our only, right? That's our only offense or defense. That's our only stance when it comes to being changed by God, is is to be receiving his grace. And then so uh, ask him, allow him, and then thirdly, align with his plans. And this is where, like we were talking about the sailing analogy, right? It's this picture of when you allow God to, to reposition your life, when you align your heart, when you're open to, to, to turning in the direction that he's moving, it's effortless, and you can sail effortlessly If you've ever sailed before, it's an amazing feeling. The motor turns off. The sail just fills, and you start moving effortlessly, even against the currents and the waves of the culture. You can move right through that because of his power at work within us. It's the divine exchange, friends. This is what we call it. that's, That's actually Chris's word. Uh, that he uses, and he wrote a song called The Divine Exchange, and it's this idea that we make the choice, he makes the change, right? Repent then and turn to God so that times of refresh, so that your sins may be wiped out, even better, (laughs) that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. We all want the times of refreshing, but if you seek that, guess what? That'll become an idol. Anything you seek, even if even the attributes of god if you seek the attributes of god they become an idol think about it if you just seek love you miss god and that becomes your idol you just seek peace you miss god that becomes your idol you seek justice you miss god and that becomes the idol you seek diversity you miss these are all attributes of god but if we seek the the attribute if we seek the refreshing we're going to miss God. We got to seek God because he's seeking you for a relationship that restores. And when we find restoration, guess what, you guys? We can offer that to other people. That's the second point is we can offer the invitation to relationship that restores. And I wrote this down because I really wanted to say this a certain way, and this is I think speaks to like where we're going and the vision that we have as a church. We as a community are a safe harbor, a place where people can come as they are. We're gonna love you right where you are. If you're here today, that promise is, is still true. We promise to love you as is, right? Either by a car as is, all the problems and all. We're all broken, right? And God loves us right where we are. In fact, that's where we can be transformed by the love, truth, and power of God. We love people right where they are within our local communities so that every person has the opportunity to become who God created them to be. We believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's a quote from Hebrews 13.8. He is still in the business of restoring lives, restoring people to fulfill fulfill his purpose today. Do you agree with that? I agree with that. I believe that I'm a product of that, you guys, that God met me right where I was and restored my life. I was broken. I was I had a leaky boat. I was sinking. I was running out of gas trying to live life without God. And I got nowhere. And I'm so grateful and blessed that he saved me but didn't just leave me there, right? Hopefully He's transforming us to become more like him, and this is the process that it happens. We're launching groups today, guys, and can I just give you a plea to join a group? We have 21 groups all over the county. The only reason we only have 21 is we don't have 100. Our vision is to have a a group that is transforming lives in every corner of our county and beyond because we believe that God wants to mobilize everyday people like you and me to bring that restoration to others. And all you have to have is God because you can't do it anyways. So if you have God and you have a heart to create community for other people, join a group, be part of a group. And if there's a group, if there's no group that, that fits your schedule and where you live, your location, maybe come talk to Pastor Tim and let's help launch another group. I want to end with a story about Jesus. You guys have your Bibles there. If you want to turn to Luke chapter 5, you can open this up on your phone. We'll put it up on the screen here. Let's just look at this really inspiring Jesus story. One day Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, these were like the religious leaders, they were sitting there. They'd come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was Jesus was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on a mat through the tiles in the middle into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Okay, just real quick, if this was your house, you'd be super bummed. But how crazy cool is that? Here's this guy that because of his condition, he couldn't even get to Jesus. He didn't even have, you know, the ability. We don't even know if he had the faith to get to Jesus, but his friends did. His friends cared enough about this guy, not just to carry him, but to overcome the obstacles. What are the man-made obstacles that keep people from Jesus? Sometimes the church can be that too, isn't it, right? And so we got to make sure we're aware of that, And our heart here at Hope is let's remove those barriers. Let's cut a hole in the roof. How can we cut a hole in the roof around the man-made barriers to get people to Jesus? Because look at what happens when they when they brought him to Jesus. Verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Maybe not the response he was looking for. Obviously, I'm paralyzed here. And Jesus responds with an invitation to relationship. Isn't that cool? Maybe a surprising invitation. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus knew that he needed to be restored more than just his physical body, but his spiritual man. And so he says, my friend. He says, calls him friend. Friend, your sins are forgiven. And there's always got to be haters too, Right? The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right? Jesus is making, he's making a profound statement there. This is ultimately what got him killed. Anyone that doesn't believe that Jesus claimed to be God hasn't read the Bible because he wouldn't have gotten killed. Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? He knows our hearts. Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up. Take up your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had, what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. What I love is here's a man who is so broken, he couldn't even get to God. How many of you guys know people like that? How many of you guys know, there are hundreds of thousands of people in our community, and a lot of people are lost at sea. Maybe some names and faces, maybe some that have passed on, are flashing before your your mind right now. God's given us a boat, friends. And it doesn't just start with the rescue. God has more for us. He wants you to be seen and known and invited to more. And I hope you can experience that today, what Jesus is inviting you into. It's an invitation to relationship that restores. Here's a a question just to close with here. Was everyone there that day transformed? There were people there that were not restored or transformed by Jesus. So what's the difference? How is it possible to be in close proximity to Jesus, right, with the followers and not experience transformation? because this guy, his life was changed. Many of the people that were there, their life was changed. They went on to write about it and tell others about it and it created a movement that changed the world and those waves are rippling through eternity to us. But there were people that were there that didn't allow seeing what they saw, hearing the voice of Jesus say, friend, your sins are forgiven. They didn't allow God to transform them. How is that possible? May I just suggest they weren't open to change their minds. They weren't open to change their minds. It's so important that we are just willing, friends, for God to speak to us and realign our hearts. Some of us have been walking with God for a long time, right? And is it possible to attend church but not really be open for God to change our mind? And we won't experience the restoration. We won't experience the refreshment that comes from a vibrant relationship with Jesus if our hearts and our minds are not open to change. How will you respond to the invitation?
0: We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways to, you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers donations to support this ministry if you'd like to give to the mission of hope church you can select the give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060 thanks again for tuning in